inside the recording studio. I am Jody Whitesides, and with me today is Barry Gibbs sitting in for Chris Hellstrom. Hello, Jody. <laughs> that was my worst Australian accent ever. <laughs> well done, you. Yeah, well, that's as good as it gets. Nicely done. Yeah, I'm, I'm feeling you people that are listening to this or watching the YouTube would understand the reference. I feel like my hair, I look like Barry Gibb today. So Yes, uh, so I just a, rolled with it. It's a rough <laughs> look to pull off, but uh, again, I'm a pro. I'm going to try to rise above. Damn so, right. Yeah. How are you doing, Jody? I am doing all right. It's been a slow morning. Yeah. It's been a slow morning. It almost is beginning to finally feel like I'm living Groundhog Day. Almost. Almost. A little bit, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I can relate. It's uh, now hopefully by the time this actually airs, we're, we're in different times. But uh, yeah, uh, as of time of, of recording, we're in the middle of this plague going plague. through the That's the an interesting world. term, plague. Mm -hmm. I don't know if I'd call it a plague. It's certainly called a pandemic at this point, but yeah. oh well. No, I'm... I was trying to not name it by name because, uh, yeah, it just bums me out. Well, this but, is still uh, replayable at the point of pandemic. <laughs> if there's ever one in the future. Oh, we're in a pandemic again. All right. <laughs> what are you going to do for this year's pandemic? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> it almost feels like that's what we're going to start having yearly. Oh, yeah, right. Yeah. No, it's, uh, it's rough. But let's get but, into talking some music and some guitars. How about that? I think that sounds like an awesome idea. Uh, we're This is now part four in how to layer guitars in a four-part arc. So we're going to finish up today. Yeah. Hey, isn't that yeah, nice? Yeah, it's been a... Uh, it's been, uh, yeah, After that, episodes. we're never talking guitars ever again. Never. <laughs> never, never. Never. I have a feeling that it's the biggest lie ever. Do I but, need to uh, like... Uh, well, do I need to put up like air quotes or some kind of like sarcasm? We need a sarcasm symbol. <laughs> something yeah so we can throw it up there and be like that's sarcasm yeah no i i hear you uh no we will more than likely talk guitars again because we're both guitar nerds so uh oh, yeah yeah but um today's episode we are covering sort of like the last um step i suppose at least the way i approach it but we're talking about effects or additional effects during the during mix the, phase. During the mixing phase. Yeah, yeah. effects during last the mix episode, phase. Yeah, last episode we started talking about the mixing phase and we started about panning and, and placing and a little bit of leveling, that kind of thing. Yep. Um, if you didn't listen, go back and listen to that one. Yes, so it's the episode prior to this, version uh, part three. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and um, so today we're, we're dealing a little bit with any else, anything else you might put on there. So... Um, What's the first thing that you might do to a guitar? Actually, maybe we should start by talking. Well, <coughs> that's a loaded question. That is a very, very loaded question. But I was going to say, let, let's start maybe with, um, we talked in past episodes that you and I would both only um, print effects if it's an integral part to, to the performance. Yeah. Um, yeah. Or if it's signature sound, the type of a thing. And then even then we would print it on a separate track if possible. So from a direct um, input guitar, hopefully. Yes. Something like that. Right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, so yeah. how would you go about just first dealing with those things? Um, when it comes to this part of the mix. Dealing with the printed effects. Yeah. 
Well, I would roll them up to see how they perform in the track. All right. You know, so get the a, levels, find out if they have sonic issues to them, if they need any EQing, that kind of thing. So it, kind of like a reevaluation. Reevaluation. Yep. Of, of how they sound. Yeah. Yes, sir. And uh, hopefully we placed enough thought to that uh, at the tracking stage so that there wouldn't be any issues. But let's say that. That's the uh, hope. Plan ahead. Hope. Do yeah. it. Commit. Uh, but um, this would be the stage where I would sort of think about, okay, well, let's say that it's that time delay thing, like what I like to call the, the edge, the U2 type of vibe. Where the you have dotted a eighth. Delay. Yeah, the dotted eighth <laughs> and the dotted sixteenth and, and to have that, uh, that wonderful echo. Yeah. But let's say that. Um, that's, a, that's a CLA reference if you don't know. He, the dotted he, eighth? Yeah. As of a couple of days ago, I watched something and it's a very it was a live thing a couple of days ago and he makes reference to yeah. in one of his plugins i think it's the guitar plugin yeah that he has there are three different settings uh-huh. for delay on there one right. of them is the eighth note delay the second one's called the edge and then the third one is called the quarter or something like that and okay, so that's he the explains eight, what yeah. the eighth or what the edge meant and it's dotted eighth and he he makes this reference and a joke of saying that when he sees the edge in the future, he's just going to call him dotted eighth. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. So yeah. he's no longer the edge. He's now dotted eighth. <laughs> yeah, that's not a, that's not a bad thing actually. I mean, if if you if you had such an impact on that, the world of something in music, yeah, that, that you the, now choose. become the the Xerox or the Kleenex yeah. of the system. <laughs> well, that, but, but in the guitar universe, it's like, you know, we talk the Hendrix chord. Mm-hmm. No, it's not, it's not a seven sharp nine. It's, it's the Hendrix chord, right? <laughs> right. That, that's a, that's pretty cool. Um, so uh, backtracking there. So now I would listen to that delay and see if that's, if that's still usable. Uh, if yeah, you have that, yep. that sync delay, it could be mm-hmm. a timing issue or it could be whatever. Uh, it could be the quality of the, the delay is not uh, what we're looking for. Um, so then I would go about um, possibly replacing that w- with a similar effect to, to make that sit better. But in a perfect world, I wouldn't have to do that. So it, it's yes. working nicely because that would be the whole idea up front, right? I Get feel like right. I need to be in like a pose for meditation and thinking perfect world perfect world please don't make me change something because it doesn't sound right (laughs) in a perfect world all delays would be synced properly and drifting where appropriate right? right exactly yeah um but what about things like uh reverb and stuff that that uh that comes down to the concept of how was it tracked and uh if I have a direct signal and I have a room signal and they blend well together, great. Or if the actual guitar sound was mic'd appropriately, if it was being mic'd from a cabinet and there were multiple mics and they were blended properly, fantastic. Mm-hmm. If it's a software-based version of a guitar amp like you and I tend to use a lot of the time, the fortunate thing that we have in the software that we tend to use, there are room mics that can right. be set up in that software and, and be used appropriately. If not, I will create a 
reverb bus specifically for guitar parts. Right. Whether it's for the entire song or for a specific part of the song, I will bus that guitar into some reverb or room sound of some sort, whether it's an IR or an actual reverb type unit to give it space. Yeah. If it needs it. And generally you need to have a little bit at least to make it sound somewhat natural if it doesn't have it at all. Yeah, no, I think, but that's that's the key phrase there, right? Unless you're going for like a, a an effect effect, right? Just to make it sound a little bit more alive, but using it in use, your face. Yeah, but using it sparingly. So, um, mm-hmm. wh- what kind of reverbs do you? Let's say that you're you're using some kind of IR. What kind of IR would you be uh, looking at using? Oh my! <laughs> Get ready to yeah. take a shot. Program well, dependent. Sure. <laughs> Um, being the, uh, uh, primary DAW at the moment is logic. Most often I'm going to be pulling up a space designer mm-hmm. if I'm going for the IR route. If I'm looking for a standard, like even just not even a standard room, but a room room that has been well modeled, it would be the ocean way. Hmm. Even for guitars. Even for that? guitars. I've used it multiple times on guitars. It, it just has a nice quality to it with the way they do the close, mid, and far mics that you can blend. You can turn, you know, you could use just a far mic or just a close mic or the middle or any combination of the three. Uh, and then you can blend them together inside and you can choose the certain microphones in there that you're using for that spacious sound. So you can get a very realistic room out of Ocean Ways, two rooms that they have. Yeah. And that is a universal audio plugin. I'm sure that somebody else has done an Ocean Way plugin as well. I don't know. I'm, yeah. I'm not that versed to know everybody else that's done an Ocean Way model, but Universal Audio has done it and it sounds great. So I tend to yeah. use it when I want more of a like a modeled room sound. Yeah, uh, Space Designer has that as well. Don't always use Space Designer for that. I use them usually for the more very short reverb space type things or the really long reverb type yeah. things that may or may not be needed. And then if it's something that it's like maybe a surf guitar and it might need spring reverb well then i'm going to pull up a spring reverb plugin and use that instead because that's going to be more appropriate Um, same thing if i want it to sound like it's going through a plate then i'll use a plate reverb so it it, it's a little bit program dependent but if it's the if it's a room kind of thing and it needs to be modeled after a room i like that ocean way room and i tend to use that quite a bit yeah. Yeah. No, I, I, I would echo all of that. <laughs> no pun intended, but, uh, you mean delay? Uh, yeah. Um, <laughs> but with one, no, but I, I tend to go for a similar route. I'm not a UA user, so, but I like, um, uh, verb suite from uh, Liquisonics. Okay. I, I would use that or space designer as well, but, but the same sure. thing that I would use probably a, a a wooden room type of thing and just kind of have, it just creates that little bit of spaciousness to that and, and very, very sparingly. But using it sparingly actually goes a long way to just kind of make those sit a little bit. Um, and the same thing if we're looking at something as an effect. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's say that you want something, a huge shimmery clean part or something. You, you I might go for like a plate or something like that. But uh more often than not, um, I think we talked about it in the mixing episode, but um, 
if I'm doing that, I will a lot of times EQ out a lot of top end from the reverb. So you can actually use a little bit more of it without it just being overpowering. So the same thing goes here for guitars, obviously, if I'm using something. But just like you said as well, I would 99 times out of 100, probably 99.999 times out of 100. That's a I'd lot of times. <laughs> That's a lot of times. Um, but place it on a bus sure, and, uh, and kind of mix that in. So um, the benefit that I look at that is if you have – we're talking about layering guitars. So if you have multiple guitars, uh, they can all share that same room and, and yes. kind of glue that together a little bit. They so you certainly don't have to can. Use, yeah. Um, so speaking of echo, what about echo. delays and things? Yeah. If if they're not printed at if the, it's at the not point. printed and it needs it, yeah, I'll add a delay. If it is printed, then you have to look at how well it was printed and and how integral, as we've said before, it is to the sound of the guitar. Yeah. And if it's more to be a background effect or a foreground effect, is a big difference in terms of like bringing it in, how much to bring it in, um, and and maybe that's a good point of where it's like. We transition into talking about the EQing of the effects that we may or may not be putting on guitars at this point. Because a lot of the times I will not use a full range sound yeah. to a guitar delay. Yeah. I will definitely do a high and low pass filter on it more often yeah. than not to bring off the high end, to bring off the low end and kind of make it something that kind of sits in the background more often than not, unless it's really integral to what's going on. Um that's just yeah no my I, I agree yeah I agree and uh, just I remember when I discovered that <laughs> oh you discovered uh, EQing <laughs> yeah well EQing like delay returns and stuff ah, um, gotcha. I was like why have I not done this before you know it's uh, like it, it's a miracle yeah because it doesn't it it doesn't smear any like first of all the, the low end it's like you don't need that kind of delay down there you know so i i tend to be fairly aggressive uh, when i'm cutting frequencies out of the delay return type of thing so uh and the same thing on the top top end you, you get that little bit more uh mellow sort of delay and uh it tends to sit a little bit better unless right. you're going for that super shimmery of course then it's one thing right but uh, uh if it's in delay i would just about only time I would use a delay on on a guitar would be if it's um, more of a lead part mm. to kind of make, thicken that up a little bit. Sure. Um, I find that if you got if you like we're doing now, we're talking about layering guitars. If you've layered a bunch of guitars, you're just going to smear that if you just have a lot of delays and things going on. It's um, like Philly cream cheese, the art of the schmear. Sure. I don't eat cream cheese, so <laughs> that'll tell you about my delay usage. No, right. um, so, um, yeah, the, I mean, you can have, if it's like a delay throw, you have like uh, just an echo hitting off to pan hard left or right or doing something like that as an effect, which is like a one spot type of thing. That mm -hmm. Those are other uses where you might do it if you have a chord hit at a certain point and you want that to bounce all over the place that, that would be more of a creative use but just having it on the the track for the duration of the the song very rarely for mm. me anyway yeah yeah mm -hmm. yeah 
I agree. But the same kind of thought can also be applied to reverbs and other uh, effects that you might throw on the guitar in terms of EQing what the return is doing so that it doesn't muck up the rest of the mix, so to speak. Yeah. Now, do you, if, and I know we're talking about layering guitars here, but let's say that if you have a mix that's a little bit more sparse, mm. would you tend to maybe be a little bit more heavy-handed with, uh, with use of effects? Or I know, again, program-dependent, but... Uh, Not necessarily, no. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> especially, I mean, I, it's kind of interesting you say sparse and then layering extra guitars. Yeah, I know. It's a little <laughs> bit of an oxymoron, but... Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, if I'm layering guitars on something that's relatively sparse, I'm probably still trying to keep the sparse concept more than anything. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. No, I, I, would, I would agree with that. Just curious, man. So, <laughs> um, Just what, seems, what like, about, seems like that's a whole up other episode to kind of get into in, in arranging. Yeah. Yeah. Because you know, I suppose the frustrating thing about, although this is the theme that keeps coming up again, right? It's always content dependent like it really yep. depends on what it is that you're trying to do yeah yeah uh, so and it's not like you're you'll use these ideas all the time but they are just another tool in your toolbox that you can pull out when it is appropriate right so yeah whether you need to hammer that shit or saw it off yeah right <laughs> either one of that yeah so what about another um i mean most of us tend to think about chorusing we're thinking like adding chorus to, to a guitar. It's a very sort of like 80s type of a sound kind of thing, but uh, is there ever a use when you might use chorusing on guitars? Maybe not so much when I'm layering guitars, but it, it could be done depending on the part and what is needed. Generally, I find that you get a slightly natural chorusing effect when you've recorded multiple layers of guitars. Yeah. So you, yeah. even even with the best intonated instrument, the way you're going to finger something's going to change, and it's going to cause a slight bit of chorusing that is not consistent. Yeah, because everything's going to be played slightly differently every time. So, have I done it? Sure, I've done it. I, I'm not sure I'd call it something that gives me more size, but. It's yeah. something that I've used once in a while on a particular guitar within the layers of other guitars. Yeah. No, I I, I suppose chorusing could be used to um, in somewhat fake size, right? If you have like one big guitar and you're doing that. I, I actually, I'm just reminded of a, an interview clip I saw with uh, Dan Huff. Mm. Uh, who is now a producer in Nashville, but, but phenomenal session player. Yes, right? he was. Yeah. Yes, he probably ben. still is. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And uh, the band Giant. But he said something, um, asked about chorus. No, I think I used up all the chorusing in the 80s. I don't have any left now. You know? <laughs> so uh, I, that, that well made said. me giggle. Well said, Dan. Well. Yeah. So, um, yeah. Um, so when we're layering, we're essentially painting broad strokes here. We're, we're, we're undoing a need for chorusing or something like that, unless there's effect parts. Like we're going for something over the top where we really want that to stand out. 
Yeah, I mean, if I want a guitar section to sound like it's underwater, well, then I'll probably throw some heavy-ass chorus on it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Or if you want it to sound like, you know, 88, you have a 12-string and chorus that, right? <laughs> so, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Um, so when we're talking about effects returns now, do you ever use any compression or limiting or anything like that? On well, let's talk returns? about limiting right after we limit ourselves for a moment for a word from our sponsors. All right. We're going to talk about some compression and limiting right now. And sure. what say you about it? Because you brought it up. Um, I, Pretty much would only use it if, uh, again, it seems like all roads lead to the edge, right? Um, <laughs> but if, if we have that synced uh, delay part and I want that to really be dynamically controlled with a with, with main guitar, uh, I might use some slight compression on that just to make sure that certain delay repeats and everything are not, it's not poking out. Um, and, but... Uh, that's pretty much it. I don't necessarily do any hard uh, compression on uh, any effect returns. It's very, very rare, actually, that I would do that. <laughs> I, I am, I'm in the same boat with you there. I, it is heavily rare that I would ever compress or limit an effects return. Yeah. Heavily rare. Unless yeah. there's a reason for it. Like, say... I've got a guitar reverb that needs to sound like it's swelling and then closing, swelling sure. and then closing. Then I'll yeah. probably throw some sort of compression or limiting on it to cause that effect. But it's not often. Yeah. No, I, I hear you. It, it's uh, it's not like it can't be done. I mean, somebody no, of course experiment with it. Of course, go, go for it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's just not very common. At least it's not, not in common my, for me. In my not common yeah. for you. Uh, I just watched a, a video this morning of a live thing with another famous producer, mixing engineer, Jaquire King. Mm -hmm. No compression or limiting going on on any of those effects returns. So, yeah, yeah, good enough for him. It's, it's good, good enough, enough for, for him too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so yeah. if you're finding yourself having a strong need to be compressing and limiting your actual guitar effects returns, something else might be very wrong. Yeah, it might be the performance of the said guitar that you're sending to it. Well, but even then, uh, depending on how your sends are working, if you have a performance that's going awry in that regard prior to the mix stage and you, you've left it in the mix stage, you're probably compressing it before you're sending it out for your effects, one right. would hope. Yeah. Um, you, obviously, you have the choices on some DAWs to be able to send prior to what going on on the channel strip and sometimes you can do it after post yeah, pre or post fader pre or post yeah. fader and that can make a big difference in how your sends will work when you send them out yeah yeah so um speaking of busing uh oh we've already uh, been kind of speaking of it already what are we getting yeah, into now but um let's say that you have a well how do you treat the uh, the busing from your effects. Let's say that you, because I, I have a feeling that I know your answer to this and I think you share it. <laughs> but the world at but, large may not. <laughs> yes. Um, but if you have 
well, let's say, let's make a blanket statement, like all your effects buses, do you send them straight to your master out or do you tend to send them to the instrument group bus that, that they sort of are belonging to? The answer is the latter of what you just said. And yes, the I knew reason it. why is that comes from the production music world is where I picked that up. Prior yeah. to working a lot with production music, I just let them go willy-nilly to wherever they went. And yeah. usually it was the master master out. Now that I've done a lot of production work and a lot of uh, production music, everything gets bussed to its grouped situation. So all guitar effects are going to go to a guitar group. Yeah. All vocal effects are going to go. We're not really talking vocals, but any other instrumentation is all going to get its same grouped effects going to that instrument's group out, so to speak. So yeah. I, I group all of my guitar effects into the guitar bus. Yeah. Yeah. That way no, when, I... when something gets muted in terms of like doing an alternate bounce out of a mix, there's no stray effects happening that suddenly makes somebody go, what the fuck was that? <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, that's true. And that, um, I, I've done the same thing. And it comes from that. It's just a having the flexibility when you're bouncing to create possibly alternate mixes or mm. what is that you're doing, right? So it's not like you can't just send them straight to the out. That's absolutely fine. But um just as a workflow thing, again, I, I tend to send them to their instrument group, and uh, it just gives me more control over that. I feel like Roger Ebert now. Two thumbs up yeah, on that Two one. thumbs up, yeah. <laughs> I agree. I agree. Um, so try So for ways. all of you out there, we recommend that you bus all of your guitar-layered effects to your guitar bus. Yeah. Yeah. So there. Absolutely. There you go. There we go. There, you said it. Uh, it's, it's been said, <laughs> needed... it's been done, and now we're off. No, yeah. <laughs> no, um, so the next thing I suppose we should just bring up here again, um, and we, we said it's it. It's pretty much been said in every one of these parts, part one, part two, part three. Now in part four, it's going to be setting. I, I'm, I know what you're going to say. What are you going to say? I'm going to say that if it doesn't work, ax it. Get rid of the effect, whatever it is. If it doesn't suit the song, if it doesn't work in the arrangement, whatever happens to be. It might have been a great idea at the writing stage or the tracking stage, but at the mixing stage, it's like, no, you know what? That effect's not, not going to work right there. You know Get what Beyonce would say about that? Don't oh, put Jesus. a ring on it. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. <laughs> sure. Uh, well, we don't want to go against what, what she would say. That's right. right. The Queen be, Bay. Yeah, I'll be <laughs> hell to pay from her social media followers. That's yeah. right. Have you ever, I, I've actually been at the brunt end of the Bay Hive, I guess it's called. No, I have not. <laughs> it's not a pleasant I'm not going to poke that. Beer. No, I'm sure it isn't. <laughs> But uh, no, so it's the usual thing, right? Don't don't get married to stuff. Mm -hmm. um, I've I've heard, you know, guitar players giving interviews. It's like, oh man, when the album came out, that effect was gone, and it really bummed me out because I had this amazing sound in the studio. But for whatever reason, 
it was not there at, at the tracking stage or at the mixing stage. And uh, chances are it just didn't work. Yeah, um, kind of failed it. Failed the litmus test at the, the end of the mix. Yeah. So uh, don't be afraid to get rid of the stuff. Um, don't and, be uh, afraid to not get married. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> now we're giving relationship advice here. Yeah. Well, you know, it's the, you know, the beyond. I could just say it again. Don't put a ring on it. <laughs> Don't put a ring on it. Yeah, yeah. If you liked it, you should put a ring on it. No, if you loved it, you should put a ring on it. Yeah. Um, but anyway, um, last thing that we set throughout this whole arc as well of layering guitars, uh, take stylistic cues from whatever genre of music that you're you're working, working with. Yes. Yeah. And uh, that that be a guide. You don't have to be afraid of doing something different. Don't be but, like uh, Bird Box and going in with your eyes wide shut. Yeah, or your ears in this case. Um, but um, also be aware that, if, you know, if you're trying to just invent a better mousetrap, uh, it might not always work. So That is a truth. Uh, yes. Well, is that kind of are we like we're 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 done with our four part arc now, aren't we? I kind of feel like we're done with our four part arc. Man, that was almost yeah. like an e ticket ride at Disneyland when they used yeah. to have that. Well, I kind of feel like we. <laughs> I was hoping that we were gonna end on a kind of like eh, note, and uh, <laughs> I like to I like to feel like we did that pretty successfully. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And no, uh, in all seriousness, I think. Uh, we covered a lot of ground. at least most of our workflow and our mentality uh, of things that, that we tend to do uh, when we're layering and uh, getting the goals that all that can give. Um, yep. So um, anything else that you would like to add? Not really. Not at this juncture because we'll just open a new can of worms and get into a whole other episode at that point. I say we leave that can of worms for the next episode. So right. I'm going to wish you an awesome day, Jody. And uh, thank we'll you, talk Chris. Soon. All and right. for all of you out there and inside the recording studio land, we will see you or you will listen to us next week. <laughs> <laughs>